Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcare.com/weightloss. Hi, this is Nita and this is Black Menopause and Beyond. I'm talking to the absolutely fabulous Anita Alawe today and she's going to talk about her experience with menopause and she's she's quite young so this do some research on Anita I've actually learned quite a few things I just didn't know so it's it's quite interesting hearing her story and where she is today so first of all Anita can you tell me a bit about first of all tell me your story if you could tell me your story Anita (laughs) thank you for having me Uh, my name is Anita Elaure and um okay so where do we start we'll start with my story then right um so i i guess you you know a little bit about my story at this stage already for those that don't know i went into menopause at the age of uh 15 so essentially what happens then is uh i think i even went into menopause earlier but i actually had my first period my first and last period bleeding i'll call it at the age of 15. So, and that only lasted for like a few days and then it stopped. So after that, as a woman, as that young woman, uh, you're supposed to get your period regularly uh, and forth. But for me, I didn't have any other period throughout that period, through that, that time frame at all. There was no bleeding, nothing whatsoever. And at that time I was told that it's okay, that it's normal, that some people do tend to get get the period later in life, like 25. I was like, okay, that's fine. I was young. I was 15. I was in secondary school. So I didn't think much about it at all. So for years, I had no period. 16, throughout the age of 15, 16, 17, like I had nothing at all, like nothing. So, and I didn't think much about it. It wasn't like, it wasn't like a conversation that was had between my friends or anything like that. So it's when I, I remember... Every time I talk about this story, I have to bring her into it because she's part of the story. She's more of a sister to me now. And when we started, we, we became friends. And uh, I don't know how the conversation started, but we was just talking about it. And I was like, I don't get my period. And at this time, I was 18 already, probably 18 going on 19. I was like, I don't get my period. She was like, what? I was like, the last time I got it was 15 and it was only for like a few days. And I was just like, that's not okay. You need to get that check. And I was like, no, I've been told that it's fine, that there's nothing wrong with me. So I was very reluctant to actually go seek med- medical advice. And like, you need to get it. I was like, no, I've been told that it's okay. And this is, you know, this is family who has told me that it's fine. So they wouldn't like wish me anything, <laughs> you know? So I was like, it's fine. So it took a lot for me to actually go seek 
medical advice then. So I remember when I went into the GP and I told the GP exactly the same thing. I've not been having my period. He asked me a couple of questions and then he did some blood tests. I really did not understand the blood, what was being done, but I knew in my mind that something was wrong. They were trying to get to the root of things. So after that, I was then referred to the gyno and then they did for the test and for the questions and things like that. And uh, a few months later, I was caught in. And I remember that it's still, it's stuck in my mind when and I actually um, went in and there were like, I think three or four doctors in the room. I just knew right away that something was not right. Something was wrong. And I sat down and told me, Anisha, you have what's called premature ovarian failure, which which is what it was called. And uh, I was like, what? So I didn't, I did not understand what was premature ovarian failure. But what stood out is they told me that I will not be able to have kids without the help of a donor. So I was like, my brain just went into override, like, what, what, I can't have kids, I can't have kids. And I, I just, I bored, I was crying. I remember I was alone that time, like throughout the experience of being diagnosed, I was just, I actually went through that alone. So that's why I'm such a huge advocate for people to actually have support and have someone to go to appointments and things with them because it can, can be overwhelming, especially when you get that news that you're not expecting. So that's how I got diagnosed with premature ovarian failure, also called premature ovarian insufficiency. So essentially, it's um, it's menopause. It's premature ovarian insufficiency. It's menopause before before forty. It's a condition when the ovaries stop functioning and uh, they don't produce the hormones like estrogen and things like we know how important is. I've come to learn how important estrogen is, and uh, it all release any eggs. So um, so that's what premature ovarian uh, insufficiency is. It's menopause before 40. Wow. I mean, how did you feel when you were first told? Very hard. Definitely hard. Uh, at that age, it wasn't something I was expecting. For me, I did not know what menopause was. And um, it wasn't the, the, I think the part I was most, mostly focused on was the infertility. I wasn't really um, given much information at that stage about what my condition is and how much it could potentially impact my life and uh, the reason. And because when I was told, I was told that it's the cause is unknown, which is called idiopathic. So they don't know the reason for this, but it's the infertility that when I'm ready to have kids, it'll be true and egg donor. So I won't be able to, able to be a child naturally by myself. Yeah. It would be really difficult, essentially. So, and uh, it was difficult. I, I, it was really difficult. I came home that very day and I just locked myself out crying, crying for days. I And I think for years, no, I think I know for years, I did not talk about it. I didn't acknowledge it. And it was just like, you just, there's this, you have multiple gates in your head and you just lock this one up with a key. And then you don't even want to think about it because you just, the key is so far away. You're like, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to think about it whatsoever. Mm. And I noticed that it was really affecting my life so bad that I just didn't understand what was going on with me. And it's really when I started doing, finding out more about why I was acting a certain way, why I was feeling this way. It's when I started learning that it's my condition. Winter menopause has a huge impact on the life. So yeah. How old are you now? I'm 32 due to be 33 in the next few months. So you've lived with this for over a decade? Yeah. Wow. How does it have an impact on your friendships or your relationships um I think the impact I said the impact for me in terms of my mental is psychological like psychologically emotion physically 
and of course the infertility mm. but it affects me and I think that's why these are some of the things that were never said and how much it can actually affect you these are things for me in the beginning for myself I was never told this is how it will affect you these are things you notice it's just this is what you have you take this medication and that's pretty much it just go nothing was provided no information nothing whatsoever so coming to learn all these things about myself, where I was feeling this was really hard in the beginning. Like I remember friends would say to me, what, are you okay? I would snap at people. Like I would literally snap. Someone would say hi to me. I'd say, what are you looking at? Like, I, don't, I, was getting, I was so angry. Like so, so angry. Although I have a, I had a very horrible childhood, but at the same time, I was so angry. I had this anger in me. I was so frustrated all the time. I didn't want people looking at me. I didn't want people talking to me. I didn't want to do nothing. And it's affected me physically, um, emotionally, like I said, and psychologically. And then it's just, and then in terms of friendship, it's, <laughs> I think I'm the kind of person I have a very close friendship and have been the PY community now. I've met so many other women as well that's actually going through the same thing as me. So it makes such a huge difference to have someone who understands you or you're going true of course your friends are always there for you they try to you know they're there for you but then they can never truly understand what you're going through at all i do have some pretty uh, friends some pretty good friends uh, around me that uh we, we don't talk about things we don't think about things like it's not it's not a conversation we we have on a daily basis or that often everyone just kind of live with their own life because everyone has their own issues you know so everyone lives lives their life and you know you just gotta be you know once in the world if you're going through a hard time i think for me having the community has really helped me when i'm going through a hard time because i have people i can talk to there and they're more understanding to those who understand what i'm going through and if it's other aspects of life sure i have my friends and stuff when it comes to this condition having the community makes it so much yeah to the community, are that do you see them face to face or are they online? Online, social media, and you know, I have one now where we we actually wrote the uh, the I don't know if you know about the book that we wrote the premature of your insufficiency slash early menopause book, and uh, that's available on Amazon. We actually wrote that together. We only we mentioned social media. And we become really close friends as well too. We met through social media, we communicated, and we just kind of like, as well as all the women that I've met, we just became very close real fast in terms of sharing our story and also other aspects of our life. So, and it's been really great. And they do, do because of COVID as well, there's like a lot of events that happens in the UK because of, um, a lot of them, some majority of them are probably based in the UK because there's a charity called the Daisy Network. They do like events. So because of COVID and stuff, you're not able to go and meet up with them and things like that. But the online space through social media is has such a huge impact. So yeah, it's been great. So earlier you mentioned that you 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 take medication. Is that HRT? Yes, that's correct. Hormone replacement therapy. Yeah. And you started to take that from the age of eighteen. Once once you were diagnosed. Yes, I was diagnosed at nineteen, so I started taking HRT right away. And does that mean because you've been on HRT for ten years then, over ten years, nearly fifteen, yeah, almost. Um, and is are are you just waiting for the symptoms of the menopause to go, or potentially because you're conditioned, you have to stay on it for? a very long time so for me my condition i have to remain on hrt because like i said my ovaries don't produce these hormones that regular women would produce like to have menstrual cycles and things i don't get periods so my ovaries don't produce them at all uh so essentially it's not working so i have to hrt is then replacing those hormones that my body is not producing so i have to be on a charity for my health if not it could be a potential (laughs) 
debt, <laughs> you know? Wow. So I have to be on it to help me with my osteoporosis, my heart, my brain health, uh, my sleep, my energy, my vagina health, and so many as well too. Wow. So it's important for me to met on uh, a charity. Wow. That's... I can't imagine my life. I can't actually, at this stage, I can't imagine myself not being on a charity because I know how I have, even being on a charity, not being on the right dose, it was just, I felt, I just did not feel right. So mm. I just can't imagine not being on it at all. It just would not be, yeah. <laughs> How is um, romance with your condition? Is Romance. Yeah. I'm trying to be really polite. Relationship. <laughs> yeah. I'm showing my age um, now, aren't I? Romance. <laughs> Uh, in terms of relationship with my, um, with my, I think for me now, my very first relationship that I had, he was very understanding and stuff. I remember then he said, we'll go get a second opinion in America and things like that. He was very open, but that didn't work out. So I was young, I was like 20 something. So that did not work out. I think after that, other relationships that I've had are not really stick. Okay. So it hasn't been a case of, it hasn't really stick in that aspect. So I've not, I've not had really, I haven't had to share much with those past relationships at all. So, okay. um, so I think at this stage now, being very open about it and having my YouTube channel and my Instagram where I'm talking about them. So I think when I do communicate with men now, it being my 30s, because my 20s, like I said, I didn't talk about it before then. Up to my 20s, I was not, up to my late 20s, I wasn't open about it at all. Although in my, with my first relationship, I had to be, because I had to be open to let the person know this is what I, I was going through. And that took time. That was like a build up to actually, you know, be open. And I was, I remember I was so, very nervous because I was afraid of rejection, like being rejected. Mm-hmm. And uh, because I thought there was something wrong with me. So now, now being the bold woman I am, <laughs> and it, what I do now is when I chat with men and I see a potential is I tell them, look, I have this YouTube page. There's the link. Go watch this video. I tell them, go watch this specific video. And if you have a question, any questions come to me and there we can interact from there. That's if I see a potential. But if not, I don't really disclose Okay. I don't disclose at all unless it's necessary and there's a potential for further, you know? So I think it's different for any, everywhere. You have to do what's best for you. But for me, that's kind of the way I see it because I don't feel like everybody deserves to, they don't know everybody deserves to know. They don't need to know what you're going through unless you see there is like a potential with that individual for a relationship. So does your menopause have an impact with regards to your work? Oh, Jeez, <laughs> every day, <laughs> every day is a struggle. Every day has its own, its own, its own struggle. Uh, definitely, you know, when we talk about the psychological aspect of things, you know, forgetfulness, poor concentration, you know, uh, you have it being very irritated, you have um, brain fog as well too. So many, so. Uh, so it definitely does the, the physical aspect of things as well too, and it, it definitely does on a daily basis. It's not easy. I think that's why you know when I see I, the women that I look up to, that are actually you know advocating every single day in the workspace, which is so important. Workspace, school space. Because I remember when I was in secondary school. Let's even talk about when I was in secondary school. It was so hard for me. Like I thought I was, just, I was, just, I was so stupid and dumb because it was so hard for me to kind of sink anything in for anything to actually kind of just register in my brain. Mm. And I used to think I was stupid. I was this, but it was because of 
you know, I wasn't producing these hormones. I was going to medicals and I just had no idea. So it wasn't because I was stupid, I know. And um, I think it's, yeah, it has a huge impact on a daily basis. But I think... Um, How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Definitely improve over time being on the right dose of a charity, but you still do get linger symptoms that comes around so with regards to your long-term health Mm -hmm. is it something that you know long-term you'll be advised or is it just you know you've got to be on hrt forever and you just have to wait to see what happens with your health where what it's it's in terms of research what i've read is that um for uh women younger women and women that go into menopause before the actual age of menopause is there that it's recommended to be to take a charity until the actual age of menopause, uh, which is like 51, in the, I think. I believe, yeah, 51 in the UK. And um, so I have to remain on menopause, I'm, I'm on a charity actual, uh, until the actual age, of, actual age of menopause. And then at that stage, then they have to reassess your, I guess we'll have to reassess my health then and see if it's something I need to continue but for me i think i've i kind of know that you know knowing the impact it has on the menopause I have on my health and uh taking a charity right now is important when i do get to the actual age of menopause that's a decision then i will have to make to continue on it depending on my health and everything then so for now yeah i have to continue my charity it's important because the long-term side effect like i said earlier is osteoporosis it can affect my brain, my heart, mm. and um, my bones, which I already said 
and uh, vagina, vagina uh, uh, dryness and vagina's health. And uh, of course, I have the, um, so those are some of the long-term side effects. So even even when you get to the age of menopause, I'm sure, you know, is you still do suffer with all this, uh, with some of, with all the symptoms are still, it's still, it's still a risk at the age of menopause because then your uh, home, your estrogen is decreasing. Uh, so for me now, at my age, that I'm not producing any at all since 15, it's important for me to be on treatment to help me with this, okay. to help with the long-term uh, effect wow. of menopause. That's because you've got another so, 30 odd years to assess it. And yeah. even then, in the next 30 odd years, you could, you know, you possibly could Continue. still be taking it. Yeah. Wow. Because it's important. Yeah. Because essentially, yeah. I've gone into menopause early. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I could still, yeah. Definitely. And I think for me, I've only, I, it depends. Like I said, I will, if I can continue, continue it when I reach the age of menopause, I definitely will. So I guess mm-hmm. it's when you get there, you assess your health and then individuals have to make the decision, decisions for themselves. But for now, it's very important and advisable, uh, according to research to, you know, be on a charity. I mean, when you, um, your network of people mm-hmm. who you talk to, do they all have different experiences, some quite different than yours with regards Definitely. To- Okay. Everyone, everyone's experience is different. I think at the end of the day, we can all relate because the POI affects individuals differently. It's different for every woman. And uh, so, but at the end of the day, we can all relate because a lot of the symptoms and everything is the same thing, but it just affects us differently and it's different for everyone. You know, some people still probably get uh, some, if in the likes of me, I don't get period. So, you know, my, and in the likes of others, they could potentially still get some sort of withdrawal bleeding or oh, get some, okay. so they could potentially still get uh, some sort of bleeding as well too. So that's why mm-hmm. I say it's different for everyone and it affects everyone differently. But at the end of the day, we all relate because it's going through this condition. It's definitely, it's not, a, it's not easy. Each day has its struggles. So, wow. yeah. And, um, you're doing loads of things, you know, promoting and telling your story. Can you give us some details about all the things that you're doing um, around premature menopause? Yes. Around the things I'm doing with premature menopause is just, I think it's just being, um, being as open as the best that I can in terms of sharing and raising that awareness because I think it's really important uh, for especially for the black community. And I think I get a lot of messages, people telling me, oh my God, you're the first black person I've seen on YouTube. Or when I was when I was diagnosed that, you know, and I think I, I was also in that position uh, a few years ago, whereby, you know, when I started going into social media to look for other women, I was just going out to look for women. At first. I saw so many, but when it came to look for looking for representation, there wasn't really any other person. <laughs> That was like, that was going through the same thing in terms of black, black woman. So I think with that as well too, and being that wanting to share my experiences. So I think it's really important to continue to raise that awareness. And I tend to tend to do that through my own personal, uh, my own personal experience and just keep sharing and sharing and sharing and sharing as much as I can to help the next woman, you know, to let them know that they're not alone. You know, you have a community here. It's not easy. We understand, even though nobody else does, we definitely understand. And you have a community of women here who understands that will accept you. So you're definitely not alone. So it's hard, but you're not alone. 
So like I always say, you have me, I have you, and together we blossom. So, yeah. That's so nice. Um, I mean, do you kind of coach people through it at all? People who are, or do you just, because um, I know you've got a YouTube channel. Um, yeah. And, um, and you, you're interviewed on quite a few podcasts as well, and you're part of the Menopause cha- Charity, aren't you? Yes, I am. Yeah. So you're, you're, you've got quite a good profile out there, and, and you've got presence around the menopause arena as well as within premature menopause. But do people contact you directly and want you to assist them or or, or support them? Or, or Yes, we do. We okay. do support. I do support. I do support women, but I wouldn't like, I would share, we share experiences. Okay. So like on, they'll contact me maybe on social media, Instagram, we'll just be talking through audio or type like text or anything okay. like that. And we just share experiences. I think that's what kind of makes it, know that oh you're going through this i'm also going mm. through this oh my god so this is okay or oh, this is you know what so it's actually sharing that experiences that makes it relatable and makes it like okay this person understands what i'm going through so it's sharing that experiences and also in saying okay this is what i try to help me but make sure you go to your doctor and confirm and maybe talk maybe something that they don't even know or i don't know we share that I'm like oh really i didn't know about this and then we can actually take that forward or do more research into it and then you know, go to your doctor. I'm like, what about this? What about this option? So I think that's why it's important because we're learning from each other experiences. Mm-hmm. And they're doing all this podcast and everything as well. You're also hearing other women's experiences as well too. And also learning from it. Like you said, being in uh being a supporter of the menopause charity, they're doing amazing work as well too. So it's uh so does that that's another place to go for uh resources. The website have some great resources to be able to, you know, if you're looking for something to take to your doctor or your GP, they have some great resources on the so if people wanted to find out a bit more about what you do, or, mm-hmm. you know, and follow you, how would they do that? Um, like, um, if you want to know more about what I do, you can follow me on Instagram. I have my Instagram page, uh, YouTube. And uh, um, also you can visit the Menopause Charity and also my genre the premature ovarian insufficiency, premature ovarian insufficiency slash early menopause uh, genre is also available on Amazon. So they have some great information in there. I think will really help a lot of women. So, so those are some places that you can reach out to me. And always, if you need to talk to someone, definitely reach out. And we're here for you. I'm here for you to be able to, you know, help you out however way that I can and the community is here. So, yeah. I noticed when I was doing research that on your linked tree, you've got loads of resources mm-hmm. about the topic. So people yeah. can, um, so if somebody also wants to just find out general information, you know, you've got, it's accessible. They just need to look for you. And then, you know, looking for you, there's loads of resources out there where they can research yeah. further, which is really good. I did, I did um, find that really useful. Yeah, it's good. Because on my LinkedIn page, it links to YouTube and there's a lot of resources on YouTube. And also then within that LinkedIn page also has like websites, like the Disney, uh, the, there's a Disney network and it also has the menopause charity. So we, within those websites, you can also find a lot more resources mm-hmm. on the website as well too. So you can just find so many information there. So, yeah. Well, thank you very much, Anita. I really appreciate you taking your time and your story is definitely interesting. And it just, also, I suppose you can't really comment on this, but I just was thinking there must have been loads and loads of people in the past who went through this, but no one actually understood what it was. Yeah, for sure. I think I was doing 
when I started doing my research, I saw an article, I can't remember now, that the first case of premature ovarian sufficiency was like, I don't quote me on this, like, I think like 19 some, 1990 some, I don't know. I, I can't really? remember. Yeah, I can't remember. That was but the it's first not, time. it's within the past 50 years. Exactly. And there are women within the community that were diagnosed like 20 years ago, 20 years ago, and no information, like nothing, nothing for them at that stage at all, you know. Just imagine what they've been through all those yeah. years to get to where they are today to be actually have some sort of social media information. That's why we're still advocating because there's still not enough information. Mm. There's still not, not enough research. There's still not enough uh, available information for us to be able to kind of, you know, read without having to go into Google and start looking for articles and things like that. You start doing a lot of research yourself. There's, that basic is not there. So that's what we keep advocating to have those details because it is a condition. And it affects, I'm going to give you some statistics. This premature menopause affects one in 1,000 women under 20, one in, one in, sorry, no, one in 10,000 women under 20, one in 1,000 women under 30, and one in 100 women under 40 are affected by premature ovary wow. insufficiency. That's actually quite a lot of you. Yeah. yeah. Well, there is. And, you know, that's why it's so important to, you know, and to, you know, for me to keep, talking about it and sharing as much as I can to mm. is that awareness because it is yeah. you do, you're doing some amazing work and Thank your you. community are, are growing and educating um loads of people on this topic because it's not just about educating people going through it it's about educating people who might encounter people like you so they have a bit of understanding and compassion so everyone yes. needs to be educated don't they Yes, um, everyone, men, women, everybody, you know, being just being really sensitive to when you say, so, oh, what, you haven't had kids and when you have it, because you don't really know what people are going through. So, yes. And some people react to that not in the way that you respect it because you don't really know what they're going through. So being really educated and also even sometimes working with older women as well, too, you know, sometimes, you know, they go, oh, I'm having the hot flashes or something. You're like, oh, I understand. I know you're going to like, oh, you don't understand. You're such a child. You know, you know, so you don't, again, you don't know what that person is going to because you don't know that there is such a thing called premature menopause that actually happens. Like teenagers go into menopause way before actual menopause. And it's more severe because of the condition that it's not actually natural menopause so that's why it's so important to just keep talking about these things as well too so because you know yeah i've been there whereby i was like i remember one time at my workspace and she was much older woman. i was like oh are you okay she's like i'm having hot fashion so i was like i understand what you're going to it's not easy it's like oh you don't understand you <laughs> And I didn't take you personally, but some people in the past, I would have like, eh, I feel so hot. Like, what do you mean? You know, but I was like, it's okay. That's all right. I just, you know, I just want to say, I understand, you know, why you're going to, it's not easy and stuff, but that's because you don't really know what, nobody knows what anybody's going through. I think it just have to be more reason talking about it and things like that, raising that awareness for everybody to be educated. I think we just need to be more careful without being sensitive to things like this, because it is very sensitive. So. Yes, I mean, sensitivity about the condition and also about child childlessness. Exactly. Like, I discovered um, quite recently, I did um, an interview with someone about the topic of childlessness. And I'll be honest with you, I didn't really understand how painful childlessness can be. I'll be honest with you, even though I know, I know people without children. So that was an education for me as well and how hard it can be. So, yeah. Um, so your story and all the things that you're going through and have been through and will go through is quite amazing because you um, you have to develop a certain degree of resilience and strength yeah. to get through it, don't you? Um, 
And that takes time. Mm. And it's if they, even though it takes time, it's every single day for the rest of your life because you can't just like, oh, I'm better now. You can't. It's every mm-hmm. single every single day because each day comes with its own obstacle. Someday you might be in great mood. Sometimes you find yourself like overthinking and just worrying about the future and am I ever going to have kids and or when I die, who's going to another one? Yeah. When I, you know, when you're like, you're supposed to bring a child to this world and then when you bring that child, you, you get older, that child then is there to represent the roots and everything. Like, or when I die, am I going to be lonely? Like when I'm older, am I going to be so lonely with nobody around me because I don't have, can't have children? You know, you start to think about, your mind starts to just kind of go deep into <laughs> all mm. this course. So each day comes with its own struggles and you just, you learn to kind of view that resilience as time goes on and just well stay strong Anita oh, definitely <laughs> uh, and um yeah people anyone out there who wants to find out more information on Anita I'm going to attach her social media links um to the notes for the podcast cool. and it'll be also on my social media as well but thank you so much for sharing your very personal story with us thanks um, for having me it's my pleasure even on a budget quality is non-negotiable that's why quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks italian leather jackets and so much more And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.